The Adonis Audio Experience. Welcome, everybody. You are joined by Adonis and Jose Manuel. Jose, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Just been hanging in there. Everything's just been insane. This week, we had the hurricane, which I can't even pronounce right now. Um, I-E-C-E. I, I mean, look. I just, Vegas, I was yeah, calling it. Yeah, right? I'm just calling it Ezekiel. <laughs> Because it feels like things of historic proportions are happening right now. 2020 is the year that everyone's been been kind of outlining and saying, you know, this is going to be the year and this is going to be the end of times. And maybe this is what it looks like. I don't know, because we literally had a storm that was less powerful from what I understand as Sandy a few years ago, which was pretty uh, dramatic. And, and yet it caused more damage where, you know, you got these utility companies coming in uh, by the truckloads and to try to get people back up. But I don't know what happened in Jersey, but I know in Connecticut, there's like almost 800,000 people without power. Yeah, we got, we got a lot of that. You're right about, I mean, Sandy was definitely worse. But somehow this, I mean, I was working in my living room. I feel like the hurricane was only like two hours long. You could feel the wind. And I mean, but in my town here, plenty of people in my little town don't have power. We've been blessed and still have it. My office, which is like 20 minutes away in Lyndhurst, New Jersey, didn't have power for a couple of days. We are in really bad shape. I have a good friend that works for the Department of Public Works in town. They've been working like 18-hour days since Tuesday trying to get this going. And they think they'll be doing it for like the next few weeks. Oh my goodness! Like this, just you know, I saw a tree. Mm-hmm. I saw a tree that ripped up the whole sidewalk because the roots are underneath mm-hmm. and fell down. This is the yeah. This is definitely the last thing we needed with what we've been dealing with already. Oh my goodness! It, it's 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 insane. And the other part, you know, I got to get out to the links on Friday um, to play golf. And I needed to get gas. So, you know, I haven't been really paying attention of where my tank's at because I work from home, fortunately, and I don't have to really drive a lot. And I get in the car, I go to one gas station, it's closed, which is a shocker. It's the one right in my neighborhood. Um, It's never closed, but they're out of gas. So I go to the next one, it's closed. Then I'm just like, you know what, maybe it's you know, just in the town. So then I go to the ones on I-95, literally on the interstate. And there's, you know, how the interstate has like 15 pumps. They got the trucks, you know, all that, right? It's a big production. There's tons of gas there, right? Gotta be. I go, no gas. I go to another one on the interstate, no gas. Till finally I go to like, a few towns over and I find like a local uh, place where I was able to get some gas. So I found that crazy. I don't know if everybody else is experiencing that, but just getting gas right now is a challenge, which is, you know, it's unbelievable, but 
in Jersey, you guys got a lot of gas. So I don't know if, if you've been seeing that. I didn't see that. But like like you said, I work from home now. So I, I, I fill up like every three weeks. So I just I don't I have I haven't needed to yet. I, I did not notice that. That that would have been definitely something I've never seen before because we got plenty of twenty four hour stops here. You can get gas anywhere. So many so many highways like connect in this little in this little last town here. So like there's always there's always plenty plenty of gas mm-hmm. to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and the reason why I was getting his gas, because I was going off to play golf. And, and speaking of golf, man, we got the players uh, PGA right now that's going down and the PGA championship in particular. Um, you know, this is a, a tournament that Brooks Kepka has won two years in a row. Uh, if anyone that has seen Brooks play, this guy is like. He's the created version of what you thought would be like the next coming of Tiger Woods or whatever. I mean, you know, it's funny because Tiger back in the day was the only guy or one of few that was driving it as long as he was. And, you know, like 300 plus, you know, insane drives. Then you now you got guys like Brooks Kepka. And there's a lot of other guys all mixed into there who are just hitting bombs, like just off the tee, but they have the complete game. They, they, they got the short game. They could putt. They could do a lot. And right now during this uh, PGA Tour, you got Brooks who's within striking distance, you know, a couple strokes back. And then you got someone who a lot of people didn't anticipate in the leaderboard, uh, Lee, and I can't even pronounce his last name, who's literally at the leaderboard. And, you know, everyone else is kind of like bunched into that second place, uh, just trying to, you know, trying to get that that top spot. But I'm going to be rooting for Brooks. And... Um, the only thing I will say is that, man, it's so amazing how much coverage Tiger Woods is still getting, even till this day. And, you know, clearly he's not the same guy. And if I was Tiger, I would just take a step back and just reflect and say, man, I really impacted this sport because the guys who could drive and hit and they're all... It, like Tiger can't even keep up with them now. When you look at like Tony Finau, when you look at Dustin Johnson, when you look at, I mean, Rory McIlroy, when you look at all these guys, Tiger could barely keep up with them. And honestly, he should be proud of that because that is a moment where it kind of just represents, man, I really impacted this sport to a degree that now we have super golfers. <laughs> yeah, he you know he's the old man. So I mean, all these guys grew up watching him. I mean, Dustin yep. Brooks, Brooks, you know, Brooks isn't that old. Yeah, Dustin Johnson, who's yep. right in the mix, and yep. you know, so I mean, he, you know, I grew up watching him. You know, I never would have really started watching golf if you know it wasn't for Tiger Woods. He was just a lightning yeah. rod like nobody's ever seen. He's you know he's internationally famous. Yeah, no, it, it's unbelievable, and I definitely want to you know, put some more time to speak about, uh, Tiger Woods's career. Um, but for now, you know, 
to put into perspective, I don't think he's got a shot this weekend. I know a lot of people are holding their breath in the golf world. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, this is uh, Brooks for the taking. Uh, and that's where I'm going to lay it down. Um, and just speaking of sports that really translate well in the bubble. And you and I have been talking about this. I felt like the two sports that have done the better job. And it's hard to get excited in general with all that's been going on. But the two sports that have done the better job is golf and the NBA. And with the NBA, we still got the Bubble League, which seems to still be pretty consistent uh, since it's launched just a few weeks ago. No, definitely. And what I wanted to say about golf, like golf has challenges. Golf doesn't have challenges that the other sports have. You know, these guys are basically all independent contractors. You know, if Dustin Johnson gets gets the virus, okay, bye, Dustin, don't go, don't come, and we're just going to keep playing. But in, in the other sports, every time somebody gets it, they got to shut down for a week. Mm-hmm. So, but but golf has done a great job along with like the MMA because they're dealing with they have they're dealing with similar issues where everybody's like their own little team. It's not a team. It's not a team dynamic. Yeah, so the NBA bubble. I've I've really enjoyed it. I think they really mm-hmm. pulled it off. I'm to the point where thinking about next season already, like they might, they might have to, they might have to still do something like this next year. Mm-hmm. It, we might not be out of the woods yet. And I think it could work. Now, mm-hmm. you're, I mean, you're adding eight more teams, but they, they already have 80% of the league there this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's well, a, that's a fair point. That is a fair point, man. And, you know, speaking of the NBA, uh, they got all these predictions and all these like sweethearts that uh, people fear are going to make it. And, you know, when it comes to like the West Coast, you got the Lakers who clinched the first seed. Everyone's like, oh, don't sleep on the Blazers and Dame Lillard and all this and that. And the only the only thing I wanted to ask people is that do you really think Dame Lillard, CJ McCollum and Carmelo Anthony are going to beat LeBron James and Anthony Davis? I'll tell you right now, I think that's at least going six. That's with my head, with my heart. I think they could beat them. The Lakers have the Lakers have Grand Canyon sized holes on that team. I don't know mm-hmm. who they have that think I don't know who they have that's not named LeBron that's going to guard Lillard or mm-hmm. McCollum. He's 35 years old. He can't do both anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, conversely, Portland doesn't have anybody to guard LeBron. So LeBron's mm-hmm. going to average 38 the whole series. Mm-hmm. But they can still, they can still, they could cause really big matchup problems for them. Mm-hmm. Nurkic is back. He looks great. Your boy mm-hmm. Melo, your boy Melo's getting younger. He's hitting big threes to beat Portland. Mm-hmm. I love the way, I love the way uh, to beat, to beat Houston the other night. Yeah. Um, I love the way he. I love the way they look. They might not even make the playoffs because the NBA did them no favors. They had the hardest schedule of anybody in the bubble. Mm-hmm. They're playing the Clippers in a couple of hours. I did just see this morning that Kawhi's not going to play. Mm-hmm. So they need well, to yeah. win tonight. Yeah, they, they, the Clippers don't care. They're, they're like, you know what? Just bring us the playoffs. You know, the regular yeah, season they, we're they, done. They don't want to. They don't want to be bothered. Yeah. Kawhi needs a maintenance day every fifteen minutes. Don't yeah. know how he does it. Yeah. But I do, I you know, I love the way Portland looks. I, I'm I'm excited to see the series. Of course, they're going to be humongous underdogs. But yeah. I really, the Lakers going forward, even if they beat Portland, 
I'm not I'm not I'm not really seeing them in the finals. I think there's just too many problems on that team after after LeBron and AD. Yeah. No, the team's got a lot of holes in it. Aside from LeBron and, and, and Anthony Davis, they really just got a bunch of guys, you know, uh, that could probably, um, you know, look great in a gym. But when it comes playoff time, you know, what does that translate to? But the only thing I will caution people is this. Who plays defense on that Portland team? Because it's not Dame. It's not Lillard. He don't play defense. CJ McCollum does not play defense. He's never made any all-pro team, okay, or all-NBA, first or second or third. Um, Carmelo Anthony, we know Melo. Melo plays no defense. So your three best players play zero defense. And right now, while everyone's kind of just like strolling up to half court without even dribbling because there's no half-court press, there's no traps, there's none of that. Yeah, it could seem that these guys are superheroes because Dame Lillard just strolls up to half court, jacks up a three, and happens to make it. And he does it better probably than anyone else in the league right now. But here's where I caution people. There's a lot of correlations people are relating between the Blazers and Steph Curry and the way they shot threes and the only player that could shoot threes better than than Dame Lillard is a guy like Steph Curry. Obviously, you got Klay Thompson, but here are the differences: is that Klay Thompson is an all defensive first team NBA guy. Draymond Green is an all defensive first team NBA guy. Andre Iguodala is an all defensive, probably second team NBA guy with a seven foot wingspan. Sean Livingston, same thing with a seven-foot wingspan. Similar to maybe the way you had those Bulls teams with Scottie Pippen, Ron Harper, and Michael Jordan. All six-foot-six, six-foot-seven guys with seven-foot wingspans. Okay? The Blazers do not have that. And that is the saving grace for LeBron James, is that... If you don't got defenders, LeBron could take advantage of that. And you know what? Maybe the talks are just up in the air so that way people get excited and we make a series out of it. But I I think that it goes six just based on, on that assumption. And where my heart is, I kind of still want to see LeBron truck through, see what he looks like against maybe better defensive competition uh, besides the Blazers because I don't think the Blazers play enough defense. Final point on that is I... You know, you never know. In this bubble league, I mean, listen, the Knicks made it to the finals in 99 with the Spurs. And it's not a coincidence that Tim Duncan was young. The Knicks had young legs. So, you know, maybe that fresher leg thing is going to play yeah. into account. Because yeah, that was definitely, that was a shortened year. They yeah. were playing, they were playing the condensed schedule. Like they're playing now. They're playing every other day. That's why some teams are being, are being cautious with their, with their, with their stars. I, I kind of hate that Portland's become like this thing now. Barkley said it because I was kind of hoping they would just, you know, remain right, remain there and, you know, be invisible. But now everybody's picking them. Yeah. So it's less likely to happen. I mean, yeah. even if they beat the Lakers, I don't think they're, you know, for them to get to the finals, it'd be a lot. Because there's actually teams that are worse matchups for them. Denver kind of beats them up. 
They don't really match up well with Denver. They don't really match up well with the Clippers when they feel like playing everybody. But I, you know, I've been enjoying the bubble. I've really just it's been it's been so awesome. I don't know if you got to watch a lot of games. I've been watching the games. Uh, I've been enjoying them. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Um, watching like Devin Booker just like shoot out of a gym. Like that dude needs to be on a team that gets. I, I don't know why he's so hidden in Phoenix because Phoenix could still draw a national crowd. I mean, Steve Nash did it. You know, I'm just surprised that a guy as good as Devin Booker doesn't get more um, more cameras on him or more coverage. Like, do you know what that is? Like, what, what is that like all about? They have, like, an ownership problem down there. The guys now hasn't been really signing free agents. Since that, like, that Nash Stoudemire team kind of just ran its course. Yeah. They really haven't been competitive and they, you know they drafted booker they drafted eight and they looked really good the other day they, they really did the, you know they beat the you know, aforementioned clippers um he hit a crazy buzzer beater that was that looked like that was like a march madness dynamic he hits the buzzer beater everybody yeah. comes everybody comes flying off the bench yeah i was actually I, that game was on in the middle of the day i was i watched most of the second half i really um i really liked it yeah i hope they can build something there he's a real he's a supreme talent yeah, I, if not, I hope he gets out of there because it just stinks when guys get stuck in places like that and they, you know, they ruin their whole career. I, Draymond Green said that a couple nights ago that he needs to get out of Phoenix. Yeah, isn't but that they crazy? Had, <laughs> they had built. They, I mean, they, that that Nash team should have won, should have won a title. I mean, they they, they had a lot of pieces like, and they had a bench. They had veter. They had the perfect mix of good skilled like stars with veterans and a deep bench, I don't know why they didn't win. It's, it, that drives me crazy. Like, they have the team yeah. for sure. Well, they suspended Stoudemire for that coming off the coming off the bench when Robert Horry hip-checked Nash. He comes he comes an inch off the bench, a lot like what happened to Ewing yeah. back in the 90s, and they yeah. decided to – and it, it ruined that series. I mean, Phoenix could have lost anyway, but after that, the series was just over. It's amazing what one title does to you because if they won the title that year – that's 07. So they're gonna play. They're gonna play a young, a young LeBron in the finals. They're gonna sweep him like San Antonio swept him. That's a and really good point. The, and what it does for the legacy of a Steve Nash and a D'Antoni, who nobody takes seriously, who nobody thinks can win a big game. Yeah. It just it's night and day. It's night and day what it would what it would have done for them. And they were the ones that really. He was the first guy because they were doing all this seven seconds or less shoot as many threes as we can. They were doing that 15 years ago and everybody's doing it now. Yeah, they, they so like, started they that, that offense. Time. Where, yeah. you know, just the, the number of possessions went up because uh, they weren't using as much as the shot clock and uh, really speeding up the game. Um, but speaking of that, man, the NBA, I'm sure, has had a lot of action, man. So what's been on, like, the gambling scene? I mean, had, like... Is it the same in quarantine, uh, just with the different odds and the matchups and things like that? I mean, are we able to generate the same kind of enthusiasm? Like, educate us, man. Like, I'm really curious as where those odds are at right now. Well, I've been, you know, I've been, you know, investing as I normally do. And it's, you know, it's been it's been a little up and down. The one thing that's a little the one thing that's a little troublesome for me. It's like I, I had money on Milwaukee the other night. They played when they played Brooklyn, and yeah. like they made no announcement. Giannis and Middleton weren't playing in the second half. Like none oh. of us had any idea. 
So, like, the first half's like a nip and tuck game. They're not really taking Brooklyn seriously. Yep. And they never come back out. So, like, I've been trying to sidestep those landmines of who's – who's like really needing to play because not many teams need these games. Yep. So back to Portland, I've been, I've basically taken Portland every game they've played yep. because the, every game's a game seven to them. I know who's playing unless they're hurt, you know, they're getting ready. They're actually favored over the Clippers today because Kawhi's not going to play. And yeah. and everybody knows their motivation because everyone else is be- like, you know, I saw, I watched Denver the other day, Denver benched, Benched Jokic in, in the in the second half. Yeah. Well, one, you know, one uh, future I really like. I was looking at like uh, futures and trying um, the teams to win the title that I just thought were good bets because the top three teams are the Bucks, Lakers, and Clippers. Yeah. I'm really trying to beat all of them. I'm not like I already I already said I really don't really don't love the Lakers. There's holes in the Bucks. Yeah. I think I think Boston. I think Boston can win this thing. And you can get them at seventeen to one. Wow! They, they, got the, they got the best. They got the best coach in the game. Yeah, they have. They can give you a killer lineup of Hayward, Brown, Kemba. My my only Tatum. fear with Boston is that I feel like they they needed to keep Al Horford though. I, I feel like they, they're a little undersized, just just slightly. But I love Tatum's game. Tatum is. One of my favorite players right now. So I don't disagree with that, but I wish they kept the size. Not having Harford there, I think, you know, it. it they, they needed to keep out Harford. I agree with you. But the funny thing is, like, he went to Philly. He got, like, old overnight because Philly gave him a lot of money and they don't, they're not, they're not even, he doesn't even look the same. Yeah. It, it happens. He's definitely like 32, 33 now. Well, veterans go to Philly to die. I mean, literally, it's like, you know, Jimmy Buckets mm-hmm. went there. And he was like, I got to get out of here. You know what I mean? Yes. It, it, it's like something's up with Philly. Like, I don't know. They, they're just a weird team. That is the team I stay away from. They don't get my money. I don't bet on them. It's not an option. That team <laughs> is so dysfunctional. They, I don't know what is going on over there. They don't listen to that coach. And Bede Simmons can't shoot. Now he's hurt. I know. That is one team I just don't I just don't bother with. Here's one thing. I, In, I have a hunch. Mm-hmm. And I think Philly is going to do better without Simmons. And I really do. I think it opens up Al Horford's position on the team more because Simmons hogs up the middle of the court. He just does. And then now Embiid could flow inside and out because he doesn't have to worry about Simmons doing the exact same thing, you know? And I think that there's just going to be better distribution with, with Simmons. I just always felt like, you know, the team was always just kind of forced to, to fit his skill set when honestly it shouldn't be like that. When you have a superstar like Embiid, the team should fit Embiid and that's it. And I think you're going to see that more now. And I think less is going to be more with Philly. And I think when playoff time comes, you may see, you may see a spike, but again, they're they're dysfunctional, and there's something about me that likes dysfunction. I guess just being a Nick fan. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Though in basketball, in basketball more than any other sport, less is more. You can lose somebody and think, and that could be the best thing that ever happened to you because basketball is like like a puzzle. The pieces have to fit correctly. Yeah. And if Philly ever woke up, it would scare the living shit out of the league if they could ever get that thing together. 
they they could be a problem because Embiid Embiid could be the best player in the game yeah. if he wants to be if he can stay in shape, stay healthy, stay motivated. He's you know, but he doesn't really seem to have that kind of drive. But you know, yeah. I just don't. They just don't seem to be focused. Yeah. Another one I just wanted to mention. I think the defending champs, even though they got absolutely housed last night by by Boston, I think uh, Toronto. Yeah. Uh, to win the East, also uh, to win the to win the whole thing, you could also get them at fourteen to one. They look, re- they play. They beat the Lakers last week. Yeah. They play really together. They play with like a championship swagger. Fred Van Vliet is like this monster all of a sudden. The guy scores 36 points the other night. Monster. Monster. Just just looking for um, like value plays because I just don't – I think some fluky stuff is going to happen down there. And, uh, you know, another team – and just last – you know, last I'll leave with with Houston. I'm going to give Houston a shot. I – to win the West, you get them at you get them at a plus six fifty to win the West right now. They play in that small lineup; they're messing with everybody, but they they can score. They can just score. they beat Milwaukee. Yeah, they, they beat the Lakers the other night. Nobody played, but they beat Milwaukee and really like gave Milwaukee fits because Milwaukee wants to guard the paint, but they just want to shoot from three anyway. And it was really it was a it was like a, just a weird matchup. But, you know, Harden and Russ, they're always exhausted by the time they get the playoff time. But they just have four months off. So, like, now, I think this would actually work for them. Where they can, you know, they can just grind for two months and maybe and maybe make this work. This would be as good a shot as ever. That, that team is, yeah, they're small, they're undersized, but they got, like, tough, gritty guys like P.J. Tucker that have, you know, been undersized their whole lives. And they got P.J. Tucker playing the four, and he's boxing yeah. out seven-footers. I like them. I, I, I like them. Yeah, I, I that that man. Those are good. Those are good odds out there. I the Rockets. I'm not a big fan of Harden. I'm really. I'm like the opposite of anything Harden's involved with. I want the opposite because Harden gets on my nerves. Man, chucking up 15 threes a game is just annoying. It really is. It takes away the love of the game. There's just no ball movement. Um, but to give them. I guess some credit, and maybe Westbrook um, has something to do with this. You do see Harden playing more defense than than he has in the past, which maybe the time off helped out. And you know, these are still two good players, so if they can get their acts together, anything is possible. Um, so, I guess you know, who do you got your heart all in on it going to the finals? Let's go with the East Coast selection first, and then we'll go into the West Coast. All right. So, I mean, if I had to go just, you know, just... Your heart. My heart. My heart wants Boston. My heart my heart wants Boston. I think that team is ready. Tatum, Tatum's an absolute beast. He's winning an MVP in a, in a couple of years. He is... Yeah. He is ready. I mean, they absolutely they dismantled Toronto yesterday. Just they were sitting on a game like that. They had lost a really frustrating game to Miami last week. But um, that team, I think that team is ready. They got, in my opinion, the best coach in the game, Brad Stevens. Get, you know, they're a little light on the bench, but they have. I mean, they can hit you with a lineup where five guys. They all of them create their own shot. All of them can shoot the three. That that's my East Coast selection. I think. 
Boston's a good selection. Walker's got to be healthy, though. Um, Walker is kind of like that third leg to the Tatum-Brown-Walker. He's got to show up because when he does that, you can't just overload on Tatum or Brown. Um, and and you're right, man. Tatum has proved to be a, a five-tool player, like just a guy that can do everything on the court. There's really nothing that he can't. He could pull up for the three. He could cross you over, dribble penetration to the hoop. He could defend most positions, one through five, um, you know, and, and be effective at it. And... You know, he's just a, a gem to watch because, you know, he came into the league with that swag. He he reached out to Kobe for mentorship. And, and you could tell that he's got that Mamba mentality. He's got that killer instinct in him. So as far as MVP aspirations, that that certainly is in, in his future. I think he's a great player. Um, oh, I, I completely agree. On the West Coast front... The West Coast seems to be the craziest right now, but I, I would say this is one of the first years, which is crazy because the quarantine changes everything. But this is one of the first years where East and West were kind of balanced, where you were even looking at the East saying, man, they might be even more competitive. But on the West Coast front, what does your heart tell you, man, as far as who's going to make that finals appearance? The West is so loaded. I mean, it's so loaded. I... <clears throat> You know, we've talked about the Lakers, the Clippers, you know, Houston, you know, you know, my favorite team, Portland. Yeah. It's just, there's so much out there. I'm st- I'm going to go with the Clippers. I'm going to go with the Clippers because when they, when they get it right and when they get it going, they have two plus defenders that can shut down, that can shut down any wing, you know, you yeah. have, you know, they could, they can each take their shot. They can each take a half on LeBron, really tire him out. Yeah. They're, they're deep. They're well coached. I just see it being, you know, Den- a team like Denver's just not ready yet, but a team like Denver's coming. They have, they got two, Michael Porter Jr., Bull Bull, when they get those guys incorporated yeah. Yeah. with that, with that Jokic team. Yeah. They, that team is scary, man. That, you know, and last year they really should have, they should have went to the conference finals. I'm going to go with the Clippers. I think the Clip. Yeah. I think the Clippers, you know, just have everything it takes. If they could just stay healthy, if Lou Williams can stay out of strip clubs, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that is <laughs> that's where I'm going with it. They 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 beat yeah. the probably they probably beat the Lakers in the conference finals. And yeah. that's that's the matchup I'm going with. My two takes on it for from an East Coast perspective, I think it's it's the Raptors, Bucks and Boston. I would say that's the 3 and if I had to pick one out of those 3, um I see the Bucks getting out of it just because, not because they're the bona fide best team, but you know they have the defensive player of the year, in my opinion, in Giannis. Uh, they surrounded him with the shooters. Uh, you know, Middleton has just been developing every day. He's kind of like that Siakam uh, for for the Bucks, and uh, and Giannis just. Giannis is the best guy right now. He's the best player currently in the league, um, and. When the playoffs start, I think you're going to see, you know, he was limited um, last year by Kawhi's defense. And, you know, Giannis being seven feet tall shouldn't have been, you know, shut down by a six, seven, just lethal defender. 
but he was right. I think he learned from that. And also he's going to benefit that he doesn't have to face a guy like Kawhi till probably the finals. So I think the Bucks uh, can definitely, um, you know, get there. So that's going to be my pick on the East and on the West Coast. Um, I'm with you, man. I, I'm with the Clippers. I want to see LeBron get there. In my heart of hearts, I do. I think Anthony Davis is probably probably the best player in the conference, but they don't have enough around him. And when you look at the Clippers, the Clippers are stacked with just tough, gritty dudes. I mean, you got Beverly, who's just like that. Every team needs a guy like him, who's just like gritty. And you got Kawhi Leonard, who's arguably one of the best defenders in the league, alongside a guy who's probably equally as good as a a defender and Paul George. Paul George every year is getting like three steals a, a game, like every year. People look up Paul George's defensive numbers. He's out of this world. And you got that guy going alongside with you. Um, And Kawhi just looks like the game slows down for him. When he has the ball, it's rare that he makes a bad decision. He never looks rushed. It's, it's it's, It's that strange kind of Michael Jordan feeling of just control within a half court setting that, you know, Jordan had that in the 90s. Kawhi, you see that today. And he doesn't have to do it just chucking threes. He could chuck like that laser three for a swoosh, but he could take you off the dribble. He could post you up. He plays very much so an old school style of game that has been very successful. Loves the mid range, and and what do you what do you know? The mid range has value. You know what I mean? It'll win you games, especially late when you need the bucket. And so the Clippers, I will say, go to the finals. If we had to pick one team, let's say out of the West, to be like that dark horse, young, kind of like 1999 New York Knicks, would it be fair to say OKC kind of fits in that, or is it more the Phoenix Suns? Who's that dark horse that, man, if they make it to the finals, we're like, wow, this feels very much like 1999. I mean... To fit the 99, I mean, it would probably be Portland fitting the 99 description. But uh, in my, you know, because they're going to be, they would be the eight seed. They would be, you know, they would have the, the, the huge upset over the one like the Knicks did. Yeah. And after that, the Knicks ran, I mean, they sweep, they sweep Atlanta in the second round. Yeah. And they beat, and they beat Indiana, Indiana in like six. That's like, that's the LJ four point play series. Yep. Everybody like, went nuts. The toughest series was the first round against Miami, and yeah, you know, if they played a regular season, they probably wouldn't. They would have earned the higher seed. This year, if there was a '99 Knicks, I would say in, in the West it would be, it would be poor. It would be Portland because that's why I think it's going to end up with the eight seed. Phoenix looks really, looks really good and impressive. They're just coming. They're coming from too far back. And Memphis is an absolute free fall. So with the with the playing schedule, Memphis could play themselves out of being the eight seed to not even being in the playing scenario. And the playing would be Portland versus Phoenix, which we would all enjoy. That would actually be a much better matchup because um, Memphis just doesn't look ready, and they just have one of their key guys get hurt. Um, yeah, I, I guess the dynamics of the teams I look at as well, and like the components that are in them. Um, you know, certainly. From a seeding standpoint, Portland fits that perfectly in that storyline. Um, 
with the mix and, and you know they have established stars who people have been waiting to really kind of grow and i don't know just thinking about this out loud now it's like yeah th- there is ton of correlation there because you know you had alan houston you had Spreewell, you had larry johnson a lot of guys that people were just waiting to get into that that moment and and they were already um it, at, at their peaks right collectively and when you look at this this uh this Portland team, they're really there. So that is a fair point, man. Well, hey, listen, it's been real talking sports. I know we went a little bit over, but I hope everyone stays well and safe. Um, Jose, man, any any other words, uh, anything exciting going down for this weekend? Anything people should really watch and pay attention to? I mean, I'm gonna be watching. I'm gonna be watching the games. I mean, Portland plays in like a couple hours, and I'll be watching the UFC tonight. Uh, Derek Lewis, one of my favorite funniest fighters, is fighting tonight. Um, and I mean, just just enjoy. We got so much sports on. We didn't even get the hockey. I've actually been watching hockey. We'll leave that for another day. I was yeah. watching that Columbus Toronto game yesterday. Yeah. That was an incredible game, an insane comeback. Yep. But uh, so That's I mean, awesome. yes, you know. Everybody be safe, you know, and hopefully you, you know, if you don't have power, you get it back soon. And yeah, thank you for listening. absolutely. Everybody, thank you for tuning in until next time. Peace out.